In this episode, we're going to answer a viewer's question about his appearance and behavior that has profiled him to many people to look a certain way that he absolutely is not. I think what he's looking for is what he can do better, what he may not be doing correctly, and I think this is a really good question for the gray man concept to understand how our behavior and appearance can affect and influence how people see us. Despite this viewer's best intentions, he's coming off as a certain type of person he doesn't want to be, and he wants to know how to correct it. So that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Welcome to episode 28. We're going to talk about the Gray Man concept. This podcast, Gray Man Hiding in Plain Sight. I'm your host, Shammer. We have a viewer question. It's a good question because one of the things we have not talked about yet is what happens when these things don't work out? What happens when we give off this idea that we're a certain type of person or doing something that we're not actually doing and giving off the wrong idea, actually to the point that it affects our everyday life? This is a good thing to bring up to because this can affect two types of people professionally and put them in danger as well as anybody else, depending on what you're doing. But when you look at somebody that's a clandestine intelligence officer committing espionage or spying, as we say, or perhaps a police officer working in an undercover status, which we call cover status in the intel world, same idea. It can put them in danger if they're identified or thought to be something they are not. Or what happens if you're neither of these individuals, you're just an everyday regular guy and somebody thinks you're one of these people? That can also put you in danger. It can cause a little disruption or uncomfortability in your life, but it could actually put you in danger and affect where you can go and what you can do when you're just a regular person. Which is good to bring up because that's exactly what happened to this individual who said, I've got a question. How can I not look like a cop not being all capitalized? So this is something that's definitely affecting him every day. I'm absolutely not a cop, but I've been trained on a lot of these things. But I'm always thought of as an undercover when I'm absolutely not. Now, of course, I can only answer the question the best of my ability based on how it's written. And one of the most interesting statements in this question is that I've received a lot of this training. So I'd be interested to know where and when you got it. While that can be helpful, one of the things we're going to look at is kind of the exact thing I always talk about when you do these things, that the two ways we're judged and people make deductions on who we are or we try to create characters or some sort of idea of who we are is based on your behavior and your appearance. So one or more of those things are not going well. Let's start with appearance. One of the things I've talked about before in our appearance of the gray man concept is probably only 5% at best of everything about the concept, although that's only what people talk about. And it's only good for a few seconds in most situations. Whether we like it or not, or admit to ourselves that we do it, we make judgments on people based on their appearance, how they look, how their hair is, the clothes they're wearing, the places they're at, do their clothes fit, all kinds of things like this. We see people and how they walk, how they talk, the car they're driving, the place they work, and we make certain judgments and assessments on them, real or fictitious, on deciding who this person is before we get to know them. So although the appearance is such a small part of this concept, the brain moves a lot quicker than our mouths do. So only a few seconds of looking at somebody can come up with all kinds of deductions and assumptions about them without that being real or accurate. So my first thought is, where is this happening? Is a question I'd ask this person when I'm talking to them. When does it happen? Where does it happen? When does it happen? Could just be time of year. Could be time of day. Could just be when you're at work. It's hard to say. The other thing is, where does it happen? Does it consistently happen in one neighborhood, one location, or does it happen everywhere all the time? These questions are important because it could help us narrow down the reasons why we look this way or appear this way to somebody, or 
who are these people? Is this just random people or a specific group of people or one or two specific people that make these judgments and assessments about us? The next thing to look at is if we've identified a small group of people or an individual, the question would be, what is their credibility in this assessment? What that means is, what is their experience or exposure to undercover law enforcement or plainclothes police officers that leads them to believe that you are in fact a cop? These are important points because it's no different than when we talked about collecting and analyzing intelligence. What is the source? What is their credibility? Why are you getting told this? And we factor all these things in like location, the time, the situation, and the source of information. Now, whether or not we can identify these factors and then determine whether or not the veracity of their opinion matters doesn't really change anything. This is only the first part of figuring this out. Next, we look at the big things like our appearance, the general assessment people make on us. First, let's look at the vehicle we're driving. Let's say that's somewhat involved. Is the type of vehicle you're driving consistent with law enforcement in your area? Is it as obvious as you bought an old Crown Vic police car and didn't change the hubs and left the light on there and it's in good condition and people just think you're a cop based on how you drive? Or is it a little more subtle like you're driving, say, some sort of Ford SUV that's common with law enforcement, at least in my area, and it happens to be white like theirs and you have black rims? And they think for some reason you might be a cop. Another part, as we said, is looking the part. You can't really fake it till you make it. So let's look at the clothing we're wearing. Are you wearing clothing that's consistent to identify you as a police officer? Is there something about your clothing that's consistent with plain clothes and undercover cops in your area? Are your clothes age appropriate for you at the location you're in? I saw some pictures on the internet. I was just looking up some stuff on this just to see what people had thoughts on. There's pictures of people in these recent protests and they are trying to identify undercover police officers. Some of them I would argue are just plain clothes. They're not really undercover, which is a difference. Plain clothes is essentially a type of uniform, whereas undercover is a status where you're in a protected situation under a different identity, typically long-term or for one single big event, like say doing a drug buy. That's undercover. You're playing the role of a person you are not. That's different than just being plain clothes, which you got to think of as a type of uniform. Now, in these pictures, I saw some things were easy. They're identifying cops because they were wearing plain clothes, cargo shirts, white t-shirts, but they had body cams on. Like, it's really, really obvious. They were also hanging out near other cops and talking to them and holding radios. And it was very clear that they either were cops or some sort of wannabe. One of the things I pointed out is people never tend to look at anybody's feet. But if they're looking for somebody, they're going to look at their feet. So what kind of shoes are you wearing? Are you wearing some sort of black shoe or boot, may or may not be steel-toed, that has the appearance of some sort of everyday police footwear or tactical footwear that'd be more consistent with law enforcement than consistent with the rest of the clothes that you're wearing for the activity that you're doing? What about everyday carry items? Do you carry a weapon, a concealed weapon, or an open carry weapon that the type of belt and holster or the firearm itself is consistently matched to law enforcement in your area? Or is it something that could be presumed to be law enforcement in your area? If you're wearing some sort of wide black belt, it may not be a police style belt, and then you have a fitted holster, let's say it's some sort of leather or leather appearance, not Kydex, and in it you have a standard service police issue type firearm, like let's say it's a SIG or a Glock from your area, People could see that and make an assumption just on those items and be wrong. Or perhaps you have a job where you're wearing a type of uniform or appropriate clothing to work that appears to match law enforcement. When I was in college, I worked security in Seattle for a specific company and based on the clothing and uniforms we wore, 
They purposely tried to make them look like cops, which I thought was dangerous, and we were mistaken for law enforcement all the time. Do you wear a type of sunglasses that are either consistent with or would make sense for somebody to presume are consistent with somebody that is in law enforcement? Another thing is behavior and mannerisms. I think I've talked about this on some older shows, but people who have been in the military long enough can identify other people in the military even years later. Sometimes it's as simple as a care cut, but a lot of times it's just their appearance. Or after talking to them a little bit, you can figure it out. So do you know someone or hang out with someone or interact with someone regularly that either wants to be a cop, is a cop, or was a former cop or some sort of law enforcement? That's important because it's really easy to pick up mannerisms and attitudes and speech and language of somebody that's in law enforcement. This is important because as we communicate, you could be identified that way just based on the terminology and the way that you speak. A simple example might be you're crossing the street with your buddy and he's good friends. You're a law-abiding citizen. You happen to know he's a minor league player in the drug market, but you don't care. You're both walking across the street. You almost get run down by a car. You both decide you're going to report this. You look at the license plate number and based on whatever skills and knowledge you have, you say out loud as you're memorizing the number to write it down and you say, Adam Boy, David Charles, which is police terminology, not military terminology. Even if that person doesn't know that, with what limited interaction they have with law enforcement, they might just have sold that story and presume to believe that you are in fact a cop. Also note that being accused of being a cop, they may not actually think you're a cop. They might just think you're an informant, also known as a narc. Another thing I think is more important, though, is you mentioned in the question that you've been trained in some of these skills. Assuming your training is any what legitimate or decent, that still doesn't mean a whole lot. I say that because there's plenty of things you can get training on, even from really good places. But if you don't have a lot of practical skill and exercises or real world experience in them, it's hard to make those grow and become even better than what you learn them as. And more than likely they go stagnant or stale. There's a lot of finesse and things beyond just regular trained skill that make these things work well. That's why if you ever was to work, especially now directly with somebody who worked in the intel community, it was a clandestine officer. They can convince you of a lot. They're a lot more skilled at it. They're trained better and they have more real world practice than any everyday person, let alone law enforcement. And I'm speaking of regular everyday cops. One thing we forget, or maybe we assume, is that we're better at things than we are. So this is one of the reasons I talked about rapport building so much. Without a good amount of rapport building, which also isn't just a way to get people to talk to you, it's also a way to distract them mentally so you can slip those questions in. If you're not very artful at it and you haven't built a rapport and you don't have the finesse, it's going to come across very obvious. But without a lot of practice and patience, people tend to go into situations and let's say you're just following the basic questioning principles that I teach, they come across really obvious and most people don't communicate that way. So if you don't work your way into it and have that finesse and skill, it becomes very obvious and the most likely thing you would look like is a police officer. Somebody with no training that randomly interacts with a stranger and that stranger starts to ask them questions that are very obviously following these patterns, it typically doesn't take more than three questions for that person gets kind of intimidated or perhaps they get skeptical or a little on edge because it's not normal communication and the person asking these questions is not very good at it and they start to think things and wonder who they are and their first thought is, you might be a cop. A simple example is when I first had soldiers in military intelligence before I got on a bigger, bigger intel career, they would try to do this a lot to me or to the leadership. They thought they were better at it because they were trained on it. And while they did somewhat well overseas working with people in the Middle East, they were terrible on it talking to anybody in Western European world, especially America. 
They took zero time to build rapport. It wouldn't work anyway if they did. And then they'd ask these questions in such an obvious manner instead of being a civilian on the street thinking they're a cop. Being an intel guy would be like, this is really obvious you're doing. Why don't you just tell me what you want? Then it would irritate and frustrate them because they'd fail at it every time. Or it irritate and frustrate them later because I'd just give them a bunch of bullshit to lead them down a wild goose chase to leave me alone because I had better things to do. So one fair guess without even knowing this situation because I've seen it happen so many times is more than likely your verbal interaction is not subtle by any means no matter how much you think it is. It's very likely way too direct, way too visible, and lacks the patience needed to get the information. Now whether or not this is how it works with cops, this is exactly what we see in cop shows. If you watch a cop TV show and they go interview a suspect or a family member or whatever, everything's very quick and to the point. It may very well be like that in the real world. But even if it's not, it's a TV show. Nobody wants to see that. They got to put more information in, get the viewers, keep the show going. So you need to stick to the meat and potatoes. And whether people realize it or not, you watch a couple of those shows in your lifetime, you kind of just make the connections that if somebody behaves that way, they're a cop. So if you're behaving in a much similar manner, it wouldn't make sense that somebody look at you and think you're a cop. Another common mistake that may or may not apply to you that I see people do, even when they try to interrogate people or they're just role playing and practicing. They identify things a lot of times through body language or language construction. And then what they do is they challenge the person with it. They're like, yeah, you're lying. I don't think that's true, which is a tactic to use, not something you should necessarily say every time you believe that to be so. Then they explain to them why. That's always a bad idea. Because one, there's no reason to believe they're going to believe you. Also, if they do even remotely believe you, they'll think you have this mythical sixth sense and they don't want to speak anymore, say anything more because you're going to figure them out. So if you're doing that at all when you're talking to somebody, unless you're in debate club, you should never tell them why. You should discuss, have your conversation, make your assessment, make a plan later for another interaction. Unless it's a heated emotional argument, which is always a bad thing, you should never directly state at that time how you think you know these things to be true, especially using any of these skills and pointing them out to them, because that just comes across as a sense of superiority, which is always a bad thing. Another thing to look at is your own body language. How do you behave and act in these situations? How well do you remember them? Were you upset at all? Were you emotional at all? Do you have anything not completely under control? Did you give off any signs of intimidation or in-your-face directness or some sort of way coming across where somebody might see you as believing you're an authority figure over them, even though that's not your intention, to make them think you have some sort of authority over them, suggesting you could be, in fact, a cop? There's a lot of things to look at here, and it's important to go after those and get those answers, figure out where you are when this happens, time of day that this happens, consistency, the type of people that are telling you this, how widespread of an area is this, is it specific individuals you know or interact with regularly, whether or not you know them, to just general people, are there reasons why they would believe that, what are you wearing, does it make sense for the area, for what you're doing at the time, are you wearing anything on your person, clothing or not? that might give people a reason to think that you're a police officer. Big thing you have to look at is there's a difference between the real world and the fantasy world, and you have to believe both of them in. There's a the real world idea of why somebody who regularly interacts with law enforcement might think you're that person, and there's the fantasy world that a lot of people pick up from places like TV, social media, and the internet. In my experience, and especially in the last 10 years of my life, a lot of assumptions have been made about me, mostly wrong, some correct, some just indifferent. Because of mainly the fantasy world of believing what my job is or what they think they know about it, whether it was from the intel side or the military side. What is it about your interaction, the way you communicate to people, how quickly you go after questions or interact with them without being subtle or just asking questions at a time that make no sense that most people wouldn't do where you don't need the information? That puts you in a situation where somebody might believe you're a cop. 
perhaps you find out this just comes down to the time where you consciously are trying to put into practice these skills and keep them up to speed. And it's when you're doing that, this happens. And if that's the case, then you can just identify that at a minimum you need more practice, that it's not happening in just regular interaction. Maybe it's only happening when you're consciously trying to train and get better at this. You also got to look at the expertise of the individual involved. Why does it make sense that they may or may not think that you're a cop? Looking back again, anybody you knew that was a cop, what reasoning could you have or what things could you have adopted from them and not realize that passed on the message you may in fact be in law enforcement? Another thing to look at is the training you had. Like where was it? How long was it? Who did you get it from? How could that possibly contribute? Perhaps you took some sort of class or online training that was former law enforcement professional and unknowingly picked up certain traits and terminology you're not realizing because it's all subconscious that give off that message. Perhaps it could be your own overconfidence. You have this training, you don't understand why it's working. The big thing is just remembering that you're not this person. People are assuming you're this person and you don't want people to think that. It's figuring out why they think that. doesn't matter if it's real or fantasy. It's something you have to find, identify, and fix. While there are external things I've pointed out, the big one's always going to be looking inside yourself, being honest with yourself and looking internal to figure out if there's things there that you can change differently. Because people tend to make these assessments based on you, which means more than likely the majority, if not all of it, is you. Even if it turns out you can identify a group of people that think it's this way, and let's say through a conversation you figured out they think that because of their perception of cops on television, which doesn't max reality at all, it still is actually you. There's still something you would be doing that fits that impression people have that gives off that message. So again, assess the sorts of the situation and the timeline circumstances around it to give you kind of a starting point. Look a lot at yourself, your appearance, your interaction, your behavior, your body language, your mannerisms, your whole demeanor, the way in which you communicate, how you're doing it, and figure out where are the holes in that situation. What are you doing that could be done better? And it's important to fix this because if you're in an area where a lot of people get the idea that you're some sort of cop when you're not, what happens when there's a situation and there's some sort of like hold up in a store and people think, oh, that guy's a cop. Now all of a sudden you're in danger, expected to save people. Or what happens if you end up hanging out with somebody that has some people around that are a little sketchy and let's say they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. You don't realize it. Somebody goes, oh, that guy's a cop. Then you could be in danger. It also may come down to actually role playing, meaning figuring out. If you can't identify all this stuff or you just don't want to or you're having a hard time trying to challenge it, figure out a whole new persona. How do I come across as a regular everyday guy? What are other people doing? Analyze people, watch people, especially in the situations, areas where the circumstances have led to people thinking you're a cop. Figure out what's normal. Try to role play that and figure it out and make it smooth and natural so you can behave that way. Just remember that if you do that, don't go back into an isolated situation. All of a sudden there's this new person. You have to slowly edge it in. Because I can guarantee you that if you were to develop a very convincing persona and then you went back into one of these circumstances and just brought that on cold to be very obvious, I guarantee you're doing that in your verbal communication too. And if you can't figure that out in role playing, then that means your verbal style is going to come over probably the biggest reason for it. And I'm just using that as one example. Hopefully this gives you a good starting point. If you have any more questions or ideas, please send them to me. Also, anybody else, you can send me questions on Facebook or Twitter. Or if you want to send me a verbal message through the Anchor app or acre.fm.com where you can find the Gray Man Hiding in Plain Sight podcast, I'll definitely throw that up on the air. And if it's a good enough question to put up on the air, I'll probably send you something. 
some sort of gift or one of these books that I have is I've got nine or 12 books to give away. I say that because I'm canceling the giveaway that I already posted about two or three weeks ago because nobody's done it and I've got lots of feedback about it's too hard to watch five three-minute videos and to put into practice any stuff I teach. So I realize people are doing this mostly for entertainment value, which I understand because I listen to a lot of podcasts for its own entertainment value. So definitely send me your questions from here on out, especially if they're verbal questions I can put on the podcast. I'll do a show on them if I think they're worth it or combine them with other questions to make a show. Anyone that's a really good one, I'll specifically say, here's the question. Please send me your information for the person who sent this. Um, send it through the same way. I'll give you some way to know it's definitely you. And then we'll get you some sort of cool little gift sent out to you. Don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on the other podcast I recommend. For those out there that enjoyed this podcast, especially the person who wrote it, and if you have not done so, go to Facebook and watch last week's videos. I put up several different interviews with people that were convicted or were about to be convicted that were interacting with law enforcement, how law enforcement communicated to them. In a lot of situations, the cops did quite well. Compare that self to you and say, are you communicating in that manner too? What is it you're doing that makes it look like you're a cop? Because more than likely, it's going to be verbal, although it can be your appearance only. While not 100% of the time, I'd say if it's primarily your appearance, that should very quickly become obvious to you. But more than likely, it's going to be something about your verbal interaction and your behavior. So I hope that you can identify that. And if not, let me know and I'll do my best to assist you further. Thank you for listening and we will we'll have another podcast soon right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight.